With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It is Mackie and Judd actually fill out today as he completes the move to Seattle. He'll be back tomorrow on the program. So it is Zolgad and Declan Goff, executive producer of the show on this Monday. What's up, Declan? Oh, you know, living. I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, baby. It's uh, well, hold on a second. That doesn't sound encouraging. Uh, it was a weekend, and on weekend statements, I will get into why it is maybe remarkable that I'm here today. Oh, really? Maybe not remarkable. I, I was going to say I woke up today, Judd, feeling in pretty good spirit. Usually on Monday, like you always get the Monday blues, right? Like no one really wakes up on a Monday yep. and is like excited. Yep. Mostly, I, there's like maybe I would say like five Mondays a year where maybe you get up and you're like, okay, I am excited for this work week, but 95 percent of the time. You don't have that thought, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a Monday. It's the beginning of a new week. It's a slow crawl. But after what I got into on Friday night and what happened then on Saturday night and then even a little bit of yesterday, yeah, I think it's a little impressive I'm here today. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. I look forward to this. Yeah. The one thing that makes no sense. Okay. So I'm 51. Yep. I've been doing this a long time, this life thing. <laughs> the one thing that makes no sense to me is is for the major no for all of my adult life essentially okay i've really liked my job like i work in sports i talk about sports or i write about sports it's a great job i mean it's it's the job i always as a kid you know when i quickly realized i had essentially no athletic ability it's the job i wanted to do so like i have nothing to gripe about i love the job like i spend the weekend watching sports because i like the job so much okay yep so Somebody has to explain, and it has to be part of how we are wired as creatures. Somebody has to explain what you just said, because it's absolutely true. Why do I not like Mondays? Like in school, I totally get that, yeah, right? School, yeah, school like you're going awful. to school, it's Monday, you can't wait till Friday. Totally makes sense. Um, I, I don't care how much you like your friends, I don't think that you like to get up on Monday morning and go to school. No. Uh, if you don't like your job and you're an adult, I sympathize. Like, I totally get that. And people have to do things they don't like. Um, so I'm not saying that people should quit their job. But if you get up on Monday and you don't enjoy your job, I completely get being like, oh, bleep, right? Yeah. It makes sense. But a doctor would have to explain to me why a person like me who <laughs> likes what they do, and you probably, yeah, why our wiring still, like, on Sunday makes us say, oh, it's, it's Monday tomorrow. If you think about it, it makes no sense. It, it doesn't make any sense. But I do think there is a, if we can make this a woe is me statement uh, kind of a thing, 
I think there is something to be said about people in our industry or people who aren't in our industry who know where we work and what we do that because we have an awesome job and because we're we're very fortunate to be here, it kind of means that you're immune to bad days, which is just not true. Oh, no, that's not true. I'm just, no, that's exactly right. I just don't get why I almost always consistently dread Mondays when there's really nothing for the most part to dread. For sure. So it's not like there aren't bad days. There certainly are bad days. I just don't understand what in my brain continues to think, oh, crap, it's Monday. I hate Mondays. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you're going to go talk about sports. So that's not a real That's not a real tough Monday morning no, for it's you. Not. There, there, there are a lot worse. You know, it's tax season's coming up in like a month. You know, that that's never oh, a fun, get, fun time to do. I got to figure out that that dilemma as we well. Get ours never, together never too. fun to do. So, uh, no, no, that. no. It, it, it's fine. We're very fortunate. We're happy to be here, by the way. We are happy to be here. And uh, I, it is something to be said, though, about Mondays. That just in general, whether you have a cool job or a bad job, that usually you don't have that vibe. But today, for whatever reason, I'm excited. I don't know why. Well, it's probably because we're, we're going to have a little bit of this. Reckless speculation. A little bit of that. Okay. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Trade talk. Juicy rumors. All right, let's do this. Okay. So it's, it is a Monday statement day. Yes. Um. Before we get into the into the full amount of statements, I'd like to have a discussion about the uh, local hockey team, which split games with the uh, Arizona Coyotes over the weekend. But I'm going to start you off with a statement about them, and then let's jump off from there, okay? Okay. So I'm going to give you a statement, but we can broaden the discussion out to actually have a conversation about what transpired in uh, Glendale, Arizona over the weekend, all right? All right. Okay, so the statement is this as the jumping off point for a wild discussion. The schedule for the wild and all teams is not good. It stinks. A lot of games. It's a lot of games. It's a very short time period. It's 56 games condensed, and then it's playoffs. It is going to be a grind, to say it the least. But my statement is, please, for the love of God, all that's good, stop telling me the wild is tired. Okay? Because everybody is tired. Everybody has a condensed schedule. And the Wild had a, and you know, Dallas, I believe, same thing. Carolina, same thing. Um, a few teams had games that had to be postponed because of COVID. Totally get that, okay? But then the league has to come back and redo your schedule in midstream, giving you an even tougher schedule. But if I have to hear after every time now that the Wild doesn't play well and loses, <laughs> that they are tired. I am going to go to the roof of my house and jump, and I might break a finger, okay? I can't take it. They're going to be tired. Everyone's going to be tired. If you are, and and I would like to say this, every quote I've seen from the team, I like. They're all saying it's no excuse. They're a 1,000% right. But please stop telling me that this team is tired because if you think they have any chance of having postseason success, Declan Goff, you know what they're going to have to do? Play a flurry of games in a relatively short time in which everybody, including them, is going to be tired. Yeah. But it can't be when they lose, it can't just be as simple as, well, they're tired. They'll get some home cooking when they get home. Right. No, this is the rest of the season. Like, if this is going to be your main jumping off point for every bleeping loss from here on out, this is going to, I believe, for the rest of March, they have more than a one-day break once. It's the it's the schedule. Yeah. You, you gotta play a ton. Yeah. I just I can't take 
the continual, well, here's the excuse, they're tired. I can't do it anymore. This team, you know what I like about this team, I feel like, and I think I'm right, I'm not sure about this. Declan, the thing I like about this team is I don't think they want excuses. I really don't. I think the excuse makers are, for the most part, gone. Not all of them, but most of them are gone, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, this is a new team. This is a new day. This is a new era, hopefully, of wild hockey. And it's one in which I don't think it's me first, and I don't think it's, well, what's the excuse for tonight's loss, okay? So we don't need the people around the team making up excuses that they don't want. This is going to be brutal. It's part of the exercise. Right. Heck, to me, it's part of the fun. It is. And everyone's doing, everyone's part of this, by the way, because of, because nearly every team has had some type of COVID shutdown or some type of pause because of COVID. Also, people have crutched to that excuse for, oh, well, we'll look at the West Coast road trip. The WoW got to go on in 2018. You know, they, they got <laughs> they got to play the Ducks and the Kings and the Sharks. <laughs> and then they got to go up to Vancouver and cross international. Like, th- this is... I'm not going to try to say that, oh, that's not taxing on you when you're on an airplane and you're going to different time zones and you're out of funk. I get that. But at the end of the day, like, that's what they signed up for. That is that is how this is going to have to happen. So between now and March 25th, yeah, you made a good point. The Wild don't have more than one day off between now and March 25th. So that is the next 17 days. Mm-hmm. Over the next 17 days, the Wild only have one day off between games. Then they get a little bit of a pause. They won't play between the 25th and 29th. And then once again, the schedule ramps right back up. So they'll have four days off after the 25th between their next game on the 29th. And then in April, it's the same thing. They're basically playing every other day, if not playing back-to-backs. And that's the belly of the beast, dude. It's gonna. It, what, what is the uh, Herb Brooks expression? Legs feed the wolves, gentlemen. Like that, 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 that's where we're at right now. Legs are going to feed the wolves. Everyone is going to have to deal with this. And by the way, yeah. I think this is fun as hell. I love that there's hockey every other night. Are you not enjoying that there's not hockey every other night? Oh, I love it. Yes. Oh, but the but I yes, I enjoy it. But I think we are or not we because that's not fair to us. I think some are trying to look for the excuse of why they just lost a game. Okay, and they did look tired. That's no excuse. In fact, that is reason to say you're going to need to pick this up because this is now the norm. If you do go down the path of, whoa, we're just too tired, then just go home. <laughs> right. Like, I, I would just tell them, go home. Awesome. Like, if you're, do- if you're done, you're done. By the way, and, and we're, I know we're about to jump into this here, too, but if you're, if, if you're getting off to hot starts, which is what they did on both Friday and Saturday night, and, and obviously the more glaring one being Saturday, when you jump up to 2 nothing lead, and then you blow it, well, if you win that game, no one's saying how tired the Wild are. Hell no. No, no! You might you might no. get, you might get to the third period. It's and impressive, get, and you get in that prevent defense mode, and and that, that's happened already before. And the Wild have been blowing multiple goal leads. If if you are a believer that two goal leads in hockey don't exist, or it, it's it's a myth that the, that the worst goal worst lead is a two goal lead in hockey. Well, I'm sorry to tell you that I hope you're not watching the Minnesota Wild because I believe they've blown three two goal leads in the last five games. I think that's so, right. So so they have been blowing multiple goal leads a lot lately, but it, it, it's it's not. It's not because they're playing a lot of games, and if they win the game on Saturday, then we're not talking about that. We are not talking about how how lengthy and how or how how much condensed this schedule has been. So it it is an excuse. It's a total excuse. And the Coyotes, by the way, were playing back to back games too. Yep. Now they looked like I thought utter crap on Friday night. Yeah, they're bad Friday. And and then in the first period Saturday, when the uh, when Dumba and Greenway scored in the first period to give the Wild a two nothing lead, I thought that the Coyotes didn't look very good. 
and then they came back and rallied and, and played well. And that's fine. If you want to give them credit, that's fine too. I'm not, I do not expect the Wild to win every night, okay? But you can't just fall back on, well, 5-2 loss. They're, they're going to come back home, and they are a tired club. Yes, everybody's tired. It's the purpose of the schedule. Like, this is how this is where we got. And, and keep in mind, because of the COVID pause, I believe that they were off for like two weeks, right? Yeah. A week and a half, two weeks. So that's how this works. But they, they are now, so they play the Golden Knights, um, first to two, Monday night, as we record this podcast, at home, okay? The Knights are in first place, 33 points. Blues, 31 points in second place. The Avs, 28 points. The Wild, 27 points. Um, two points up and a game in hand on the Kings. And um, two games in hand and two points up on the Coyotes. All right? Yep. If you're going to make the playoffs, if you're going to get that four seed, which I do believe in the Western Division, the Wild should. Yes. I, I believe they are. They are solidly, I think, still the fourth best team in this division. Yeah. You can't have this be, well, but they got tired. Because I'll tell you right now, if you do that, they're not going to make the playoffs. Right. Like, if that's just the, if, if you allow them, and, and for, you know, for the love of God, folks, we are finally getting past the excuses here. I don't think Ian Cole wants them. I don't think anybody, I don't think Everson or Garen or Kaprizov, I don't think they want the excuses. So don't lay them out there and turn this into the Miko Koivu, Eric Stahl, Jason Zucker, Nino, Charlie Coyle, to quote Bruce Boudreaux, woe is us tour again. We're finally getting past that. We are. Let's get past that and let's have, as we talk about on this very show for the Vikings decks, Let's have expectations here. That'd be nice. And the expectations are, you're not a great team yet, but you're tracking in the right way. And the expectation is that you are going to become a championship contender at some point. I'm not saying that you're there, but this is all about laying the groundwork. And the groundwork that got laid for the previous collection ended up being, uh, it's about me, good enough, what's the excuse? You really want to go back there? No, I do not. And does the fan base? I mean, do you really want that, folks? We have we have seen this team now for twenty. It's it's year twenty, and and this was not true about the Jacques Lemaire teams. But how long has this franchise been the? What are we going to do? Collection ten years, eight years? Like let's we're getting away from that. Let's all let's every one of us who watches this team take a long step away from that. I'm not saying that you got to um, rip them, but let's not give them a fallback that even they don't want. I just can't take it. It, it is kind of funny, like, and, not, and it's not to rag on the fan base necessarily, but last week this time was, oh, well, they tried hard. They just couldn't get the W. And then five days later, it's, we're tired. We're tired. But it's not them. It's, yeah. Everyone's tired. It's the outside. Every, but the, every, everyone's playing games. Everyone's doing this. It's the outside influences saying that. that. That's what's driving me crazy. They don't want you to say this. No. Like, they don't want to hear this. They don't. There There was a whole collection of, if you want to bring them back for an old-timers game, we can find those guys. Koivu's retired. Stahl should be. He's in Buffalo doing a God uh, knows what, but everyone. that's a complete mess. Yeah. Um, we can bring those guys back for a celebration, a five-year gathering of the Woe Is Me collection. Like, let's do that. That's fine. get t-shirts. I just don't want, I don't want us to keep going in the direction of it's okay. And 
You don't have to rip them. You really don't. I'm not, I'm not saying go scorched earth. Zolgadian. You don't have to do that. No, no. That's a you thing. That's a me thing. Yep. Um, and I'm not ripping them right now. I'm applauding them. They're the ones that said there's no excuse. Ian Cole had the great quote, which is being tired is no excuse to hang Cam Talbot out to dry. Yeah. It, and, that's, and that part's too bad, too. God bless you for saying that. Because I think, um, you know, you look at Cam Talbot's body of work and his statistics, and this is where, again, statistics can be deceiving. His, his, his numbers this year aren't great. But he's also he was hung out to dry on Saturday, and I I will make the I will be excuse maker for him that the fact that he he got off to the nice start to the season he gets hurt then COVID happens and with the goalie it's it's hard to get into a rhythm so then he's kind of put into a tough spot. Capo Kakinen starts playing very very well. At the same time, you have a bunch of slew of games where there's only one day off and you have a bunch of back to backs, so you really can't be in the business of running out a goaltender on back to backs and and ninety percent of the time. So you like they need Cam Talbot to be good. And and that loss, and at least in my opinion, on Saturday, had nothing to do with Cam Talbot. Little to do with Cam Talbot. I won't say he allowed five goals, so I can't say he was not completely at fault. But yeah, they collapsed. They absolutely collapsed. They they after a, a strong first period, they they basically again went in prevent mode. Yep. And I don't I I don't get I don't know if it's prevent mode or did they just because Everson seems to have this philosophy of 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 playing a fast paced game even though i don't know if they have the, all the horses to do that they're unlocking their defensive players into the offensive zone i know you were noticing that we were talking about that this weekend i just love that that they have this like reckless philosophy of being an offensive first team but then they they just get comfortable and then the the, the there's no foot on the gas pedal and that's it oh, and the, it, and it's yes. frustrating yeah and they are not there yet like they are not there yet there's no question about that i just like how they're tracking Yes. And I, I just don't want to go backwards. I know. But, I mean, they are not – there are there are a slew of guys on this roster who will not be on this roster when this franchise gets really good. No question about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of – the majority of their forwards are our UFAs this year. Yeah, and, good, I mean, a good, good selection of them. Bukestead, yeah. Benino, Johansson. There's a good chance none of those guys are back yeah. this year. Yeah, the, the only guy – the only veteran that I think I – don't know if his contract is up or not, but I really like what Cole has brought as far as stabilizing blue line presence. Yeah, uh, but Benino. Yeah, no. I think of all those. I think of all those vets. If you were Bukestad, to no. if you were to rank all those vets that came in that are the UFAs, it, it's Ian Cole's made the biggest impact, and the guy was traded for five games into the season. And that's a good trade too. That was a great trade. Last wild thing, okay? Because I tweeted this during the game on Saturday, and and I think for a long time the wild clearly made some questionable moves and things didn't go great. Um, and there were guys that came here, i.e. Vanek, who were extremely disappointing and, in my opinion, not engaged as they probably should have been Dex. Uh, but I tweeted this on Saturday, and I do believe it's one of the bigger breaks that the Wild has gotten, and it involves the trade that Paul Fenton tried to make with the Pittsburgh Penguins mm-hmm. a few years back uh, before Garen was successful um, in February of 2020, in sending Jason Zucker to the Penguins, and that is when I believe it was June would have been June of 2019. Yeah, it was. It was in the summertime. Is that right? It was in the summertime, if I remember right. Fenton worked out a trade with Pittsburgh that would have sent Zucker to the Penguins for Phil Kessel, who would have had to waive his no trade clause, and he said, "No, I won't." And he he then was dealt to the Coyotes. Uh, I don't think we talk about enough about what a tremendous break that was that he said no. 
Because if anybody fits in, and Phil Kessel's talented, I get that. But if anybody fits in with the old school wild, with the, yeah, I had a bad game. Where are we going to eat tonight, wild? With the old, did I get mine? Hey, hold on a second here. I'm going to score sheet, right? Oh, yeah, we lost. No, no, no. I'm not going to look at the score sheet to see what the final score was. But what did I get as far as shots? What did I get as far as points? It's Phil Kessel. I think it's one of the, it's a starting point of potential breaks that this team got. Because I think Phil Kessel would have been a poisonous presence that would have continued down a path. Uh, And I don't know he'd still be here by now. But I do think that when you make a trade that lands you a first-round pick, a prospect defenseman who might be damn good, right? Yeah, he looks. I think he has the makings of it being very well. That yeah. that trade that Garen made to me in so many ways was a positive, and I don't think that there would have been anything positive about a Phil Kessel trade to the Wild. No, um, and and I know some people are going to say, "Well, wait a minute, you guys are you guys were have been praising." Paul Fenton for what he was been able to do, getting a Kevin Fiala and starting the tear down. And that was his goal. He wanted to tear it down. He wanted to tear it down so bad that he almost made a very poor trade. And thank God that it was actually Phil Kessel that stepped in, not anyone in the yeah, wild office no, that great. said, no, I'm not doing this. Um, and yeah, Phil Kessel is the perfect example, I think, of the, I better take care of me first. I worry about my paycheck. I want to be comfortable. And look, he I mean he's already had success. He's won, I think, a couple cups in Pittsburgh, at least one, if not two. But he disappears now. And now the Coyotes, he's, I barely saw him. Yeah, he's buried. He's just buried in Arizona and he's cool collecting his paycheck. <laughs> and that would have been yeah, it would have been disaster. And you got a first round pick, which you get this year, and Kalen Addison, who looks like he has the makings of being one of your next stud defensemen, which the Wild have been pumping out for the last decade. So yeah, that, that, it was a it was a good thing that Phil Kessel blocked the trade because I think it's a great thing. Yeah. I can't I I mean I I can see that here, I, right? I can easily see him here being, hey, man, this is great here. I love it. Minnesota. It's great. Minnesota. Great great building. Great fans. State of hockey. What? I got to work? I think it's a tremendous break. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great move. Statement time. But before we get to statements, uh-huh. Declan Goff, you have an exciting opportunity to tell our podcast listeners about. I do. You know, March is pick your prize month and starting today. In fact, I have our first winner as I pull it up as well today uh, for, from, from Pick Your Prize Month. So between March 8th and March 26th, one person will win $100 from us here at Score North. Right, 100 bucks. Want 100 bucks? That's not bad. Uh, yes. Hard seltzers. Yes, I would like a, yes, I would like $100. Um, what else would you get with it? You can do whatever you want with that $100. I don't care what you do with it. But every day between March 8th and March 26th, one person win $100. And then... Every day for that person who wins, they get entered into another drawing, and they'll be entered for a $10,000 prize pack. A $10,000 prize pack from one of our nine partners here at Score North. Whoa. All you have to do, this is very simple, folks. All you have to do, you open the Score North app. You see this little little phone right here? You get a Score North app? Yep. I don't have the app up right now because I have the winner's name on, on my email. But you open the Score North app. You register, you enter the Pick Your Prize contest through the listening rewards link in the app, and you can register daily if you want. And I have our first winner. Okay. Our first winner Let's hear it. for Monday, March 8th is Michael Harworth. Excuse me, Michael Howworth from Apple Valley. So, Michael in Apple Valley, congratulations. First off, you win 100 bucks. Congratulations, dude. And then second, you're now entered in the $10,000 prize pack uh, that we'll do at the end of the month. So, we'll have a new winner every day. We will be shouting out a new winner every single day. 
And it's also it, it, this is a, this is app madness going on. People are registering for the app. Thank you to everyone who has registered on our app. We're actually, believe it or not, Judd Zolgad. Yep. As it stands right now, as at at ten thirty a.m. as we're recording uh, here here for Mackie and Judd, Score North has the most new registered users among the local cluster here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. So so continue really? to support us for Score North, My Talk, KS ninety five. We love you guys, but thank you so much again. Pick your prize month one more time for you. Enter through March 8th and March 26th. One person wins $100. That person will be also entered for a $10,000 prize pack. Open the Score North app. Enter the Pick Your Prize Contest listing rewards, and you can register daily for 100 bucks and then a $10,000 prize pack for each time you win daily. Our listeners are so smart. They are. They're genius. They're genius. Speaking of, ge- they're, they're good guys. speaking of genius, my man, weekend statements. All I'm right. going to allow you to go yes. first. Let's get to the weekend statements from the... Weekend that was. It, it transitions perfectly because we just wrapped up a wild talk and I have a wild statement to give. Okay. So my statement is the rest of the month of March will tell us everything we need to know about the Minnesota Wild. Okay. So right now you, you've you beaten up on the Sharks, right? You've beaten up on the Ducks. You've handled yourself against the Kings who are better than we thought. Now it's gonna. Now you get the meat and potatoes of your schedule. Now you're going to play some big boys. You're going to play the Vegas Golden Knights in back-to-back games starting on Monday th- this evening and then on Wednesday as well. You lost both those games in two games. Yes, you probably should have won, but at the same time, you didn't win. You got one point out of those. You should have won one of them for sure. For sure. Like a split, a split, by the way, would have been fine. The first loss was absolutely brutal. So you have two against the Knights, then two against the, uh, excuse me, three against the Coyotes, two against the Avs, a couple cupcakes in the Ducks, and then you wrap against the Blues and the Sharks. So you're going to figure out a lot about who the Wild are. So continue, yes, continue to make the hay against the Sharks and the Ducks. That's fine. You should be taking the majority of those points. But now you have to figure out if you can hang with the big dogs, and that's the Knights and the Avs and the Blues. Yep. I, I think that the Wild have an opportunity to be better than the St. Louis, or at least finish better than the St. Louis Blues in the standings. I will maybe say that they're not a better team, but they have the opportunity to finish ahead in third place of the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. And you have to do that by obviously taking these games and, and splitting against the good teams and beating up on the bad ones. So the rest of this month of March is going to tell us an awful lot about the Minnesota Wild. My first statement. You're exactly right. And I, I got a note from a friend of ours that um, a DM this weekend on Saturday that basically said you do realize that these are the best players in the world and the best teams and that and that you know things can happen that you don't foresee or on nights things can be weird and the wild's not going to win all the time and I I agree completely with that but what I will say about this condensed schedule and about the playoff push is this one I still don't think that you can lose last Monday's game when Parisi overstayed his shift and welcome on the ice, Declan. Mm-hmm. That's the type of game. Look, the Wednesday night game is going to happen. You're going to play well. There's going to be a huge faction of your fan base saying you were robbed. You should have won that game. Look at you know, look at how well the flower played in goal, right? Those games, that's hockey. That's going to happen. Completely get that. But Monday can't happen. You you blew that game. Yeah. Like you gave that you gifted that game back to the Golden Knights. So I think there's a difference between expectation of, well, you should win all of these games, which clearly is going to be a non starter. And look, Saturday, the Coyotes, last two periods played well. Good for them. The only thing I'm saying about that game was I don't want to hear the excuses about they're tired. But yeah, the Coyotes did. They came back. And, and had played basically four periods of bad hockey and came back and played well. But 
the poster child for me, if you were to ask me, what's the game that you can't lose? Monday night, Vegas, you're up by two relatively late, right? And you blow it. That's a bad loss, and it's unnecessary. All right. Statement one from me. This is juicy. All right, here we go. In fact, this is so juicy, we're going to double dip on Mackie and Judd Declan and then Purple Daily. Oh, wow. Because this is going to get interesting, and we will be expanding on this in Purple Daily. So if you don't get enough here, certainly go there and check it out. Vikings fans need to accept the Daniil Hunter situation is about to become a big issue. Oh, boy. With the contract, okay? Um, And I give you Exhibit A. And if you dismiss this, keep in mind, you probably dismissed all of the Stefan Diggs stuff until the very day last March that he was traded to Buffalo. And, yes, it worked out because the Vikings were fortunate to draft Justin Jefferson. But you never want to purposely lose a good player, okay? So, like, don't give me the, well, if they have to trade Hunter, they'll do just as well. You don't know that. I don't know that. But... Daniil Hunter over the weekend, I think it was on Friday. Yep, I saw him. Uh, a Twitter account that is active, but I wouldn't call it super active as far as engaging back with fans or retweeting stuff. Um, he retweeted not one, not two, but three different things about essentially his value, about how much a team would like to have him. I believe the Raiders had a fan that tweeted that. And then there were two from the Titans, but one involved a story from Arif Hassan in The Athletic, which did a very good job of simply painting what's going on. So, like, it was not an inflammatory story. But it did a very good job of laying out the circumstances that trace back to the Ian Rappaport NFL Network tweet from last October, saying that unless Daniel Hunter is the highest-paid defensive player in the league, he has played his last game as a Viking. And we all talked about that at the time, but it was October, and so you're like, oh, that's back-burner stuff, right? Um, Daniil Hunter retweeted somebody that chimed in about Arif's piece, and that's on his account as well. So, so and, by the, and by the way, just to clarify, he liked these tweets. Or he liked, okay. A little different than retweets, but he liked them. So he liked a tweet Thank about uh, Titans Tape, who quote-tweeted Arif's article that said, I'm listening. And then also a Raiders account uh, that said, I'm all eyes, I'm all ears, that the uh, Raiders are building something to make a trade for a defensive side of the ball. And he liked that one mm-hmm. because some fans said six-year productive veteran who's only 26-year-old, give me Daniil Hunter. He liked that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what does it all mean? I'm curious. You can't dismiss it. You that, can't. That's the point. And he still wants to be. The Rappaport report is not wrong. Now, have things changed? I don't think so. I, I don't know. But the but what Rappaport reported in October, he got from. It's Rappaport. The, he got from the, right. the Hunter camp. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is not a, oh, it means not, you know, it's some fly-by-night NFL insider who doesn't know Jack. That's not the case here. Seeing Rappaport. It, this, is about, <laughs> this is about to take off. And, and the most important thing I think that we can say is this one. I don't take sides here, Dex. I see it from both sides. The salary cap, which we don't know yet exactly where it's going to be set, but I would imagine, so the floor would be one. Eighty, I would guess it'd be around 183 or so. Um, but the salary cap is coming down significantly. Daniil Hunter is coming off neck surgery and wants to be paid. I don't blame him. I don't blame the, the Vikings for saying, now is not the time. I don't know where this lands. And trading Hunter is a worst case for sure. But I'm telling you, this situation now is about to take off. It is.
It, it, and we were, like it's not just going to end with him. I don't think saying, you know what? I got three years left. You guys are right. I'll be quiet now. I don't think that's. I don't think you're liking tweets because of that. Correct. You know, and and I think to be honest, I think the Vikings have all the leverage here. I know Daniil might want out, but the Vikings have the leverage um, for for two reasons. Number one, you're coming off neck surgery, Daniil. And I'm in the camp. I'm not as much doom and gloom about that. I understand why you are. I understand why anyone else would be. Oh, it, it it's just a neck. Wor- it just worries it's, me. It's a neck injury. It can't be dismissed. 100%. Yeah. I still think he's 26 years old. He's proven that he's one of the best defensive ends in the league. But at the same time, you're coming off a season-ending neck, a season-long neck injury. You want to be paid. You have a contract. You have to bet on yourself a little bit here, Daniil. And unfortunately, that's that's where you're at right now. So the Vikings control it where they want it, what they want to do. So I'm curious where it goes. But he could not. He could say, I'm not playing. He could. And if he says that. And the, the thing, too, about about pro sports in 2021, for the most part, is star players have the ability to force their way out. Like, they can make your life miserable. They do, yeah. And, and I, always love the, I always love the tweets I get back about, well, if I didn't show up for work, you know, they would just, well, yeah. Cause I you, hate that. Because you or me... Do something where we can be pretty easily replaced. Do you think Daniil Hunter or any athlete goes around and says, man, I wish that plumber who uh, who makes $65,000 a year uh, uh, would, would make less money? Do you think like they go around and think that? But that like, plumber can be replaced. That's the problem. Like, Daniil Hunter has too. A skills. Now, now if, he is, if he is a backup D lineman, Dex, then he can't do that. Like, there's a lot of players that can't. They're, they're going to get paid well, but they're going to get paid what they're going to get paid, and that's life, right? Yeah. But there is a certain amount of people, Deshaun Watson, Daniil Hunter, who are star players who can control things. Yep. And, and I've never understood the fan viewpoint of, well, if I did that, yeah, of course you'd be fired. <laughs> but unless you are in the top percentile of your profession, right. like one of the best, and you do something that I can't find a guy or a gal on the street that they can do? Sorry. So anyway, the Daniil Hunter situation, I think, is just starting up. All right, my second statement. I told you off mic that I have two of three non-Minnesota sports statements here. So this one uh, comes from what happened last evening. So there was a wrestling pay-per-view, Judd. And my statement is exploding barbed wire death match. I'll okay. say that again. Okay. Exploding barbed wire death match. Well, everyone was watching the CBS doc on Oprah Winfrey and the Royal family and, and whatever is your cup of tea, no pun intended. Go ahead and watch that. It was Oprah. Yeah, it was big stuff. I and Phil Mackey paid for a $50 pay-per-view for AEW wrestling uh-huh. yesterday evening, mainly for the main event match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega for a exploding barbed wire death match. Okay. This is a concept that has started in Japan. It has not been brought over here to the States to my knowledge. So you picture a wrestling ring and on three of the four squares, because it's as they say, the squared circle, three of the four squares in the wrestling ring, all the ropes are wrapped in barbed wire and then there's explosives attached to the barbed wire. And every time you hit the ropes, now if you're a wrestler, like your main objective is to take bumps. It's called bumps against those ropes to fly off the ropes and do whatnot. But if you touched one of these three sides, you would literally get electrocuted. You would get uh, electrocuted. So wait, it is exploding or it's, it's I mean, just it, hot wired? It was more like hot wired and like it, it was fireworks. But I mean, it was still pretty pretty damn crazy. It was barbed wire, so like it was that people would hurt getting by cut itself. and. 
around the ring, there was three tables, too, that were set up like this. Okay. Now, here's the thing. So, it was a third. It was also the ring was a time bomb, if you will. So, after 30 minutes, the ring was going to explode. That's what they teased. So, the, the match ends about 25 minutes in. They get a one, uh, Omega pins Moxley, one, two, three. But there's still, like, five minutes left before the ring explodes. So, okay. So they're still beating up the guy, beating up Moxley after after the match has ended because the timer's going down, right? It's like it's like a diehard film. Well, then at the end of the match, so they're supposed to stay in it. Yeah, they're supposed to stay in it. So at the end of the match, the the good the bad guys get away, and then Moxley's in there, and one of his buddy comes in to like lay on top of him to to stop this explosion. And unfortunately, whoever rigged the final explosion, and and again, it's wrestling, it's staged. It was like five Roman candles going off, and that was it, and it was a complete dud. So, like the ex- the final explosion of of, of, the, of the ring supposing to explode, I, I can't play the video because we can get a copyright claim. So I can't show you the lot audience. I can show it to you off mic. It literally just flew up four Roman candles, and that was the explosion. And everyone was everyone on Twitter, and everyone was like, "What the hell?" Because the entire match beforehand was great. You had guy, you had both them going off the like, ropes. Are they all cut up? Too and getting cut up. A- and getting exp- and, and and taking these bumps against the explosions, but then the ring was supposed to explode, and it was just a complete Roman candle dud. So I've got questions about this. Then yes. So was it supposed to be wired differently, or was this at, or just false advertising in the fact that you thought there was going to be an explosion? Yeah. And they really o- always intended for it to be a dud. So what I didn't get was during the match when they would take the bumps against these ropes, these they, they would have these significant explosions where they would get smoke in their face and, and the ring, uh, the referee was dressed in like a Chernobyl style nuclear suit and he even had sprayed fire oh, turbulent God. across his across his suit so he wouldn't start on fire. Yeah. And then at the final at the at the final buzzer when the ring goes off, it, it literally was like, yeah, four guys writing sparklers and Roman candles, and that was the final explosion. So I think someone screwed up the final blow. So it was supposed to be more than this. It was supposed to be significant. What 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 stinks is the match was amazing and it was cool as hell, and everyone's only going to remember that last explosion because but the it match was, was supposed done. to blow up. The match was done. Yeah. So it's not like it if it didn't affect the actual match itself. Not it didn't it didn't affect the outcome of the match, but it did affect the. Um, interpretation of it, you know, the, the perception of it. And you paid fifty bucks for this. I paid fifty bucks for this. Wow. I said, "Screw this, I'm going to do it." So I paid fifty dollars for it. And Oprah and, was um, on. And Oprah was on. He had the yeah. And I, I, I stayed away from that. I, I did. I didn't get into that. I don't. I don't want anyone ever. Anyone. This is a a, a statement within a statement. Mm-hmm. Never come to me that oh, how do you watch wrestling? If you watched what happened on, if, if you're watching Oprah and CBS and you're Ooh. watching that. And then, and then, Megan revealed a lot, man. Congratulations, everyone. Know like the royal family might whatever not be very you nice. want to watch, watch, but don't yeah, ridic- don't, don't ridicule me for watching wrestling. If, if you if you're obsessed with the co-star from Suits, a, a drama on USA Network exposing the royal family, don't don't come at me with that nonsense. Is all wow, I'm you're to very say. defensive. I'm sorry. You're up. I need a break. All right. Statement three for me. The Wild needs to make its reverse retro jerseys permanent and design a dark one that they can wear for home games. And all they have to do is change the numbers on the back of the white reverse retros to green. See, I the yellow I, the yellow is too hard have you, to see. And and by the way, Lapanta chimed into my tweet okay. and agreed because you can't see the numbers well enough. Okay, but anyway, the jerseys are that good. It's easily the bet they've fi- they've finally found a jersey, and I know it's it's a tribute to the North Stars. But beyond that, it's just the best looking jersey they've had. Like they 
their name doesn't lend itself to like the forest green. It doesn't look that good. Okay, no, it doesn't. Like they've come up with a color scheme and and a look that actually is really good. Keep it. It should be your jersey. Like you've hit on something here that goes b- beyond just a a merchandising. We can sell this jersey. All you have to do is make the colors green because from a TV standpoint, trying to watch at home is very difficult. I can't see the numbers. I know I'm old, but I have gotten confirmation from others that seeing the numbers because they're yellow based, I believe, make it difficult. Look, I I used to do some hockey play by play back in the day at at St. Cloud. It is it's the most difficult play by play to do by far. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, that and volleyball. Volleyball is also very tough. Because you have to be immersed in the sport of volleyball. I was going to really say, understand. I don't know enough about it. To... it. That one's tough, too. But but with hockey, the hardest thing, and especially when you're doing prep, if you're doing high school, I mean, a lot of those kids are are, are small, and they have the they got the Jim Dowd look where it's tucked in halfway below their breezer, and you can't tell if it's 34 or 44. Um, the numbers on the jersey are very, very important. I don't have an issue with it, but I'm not calling the game. I, I think they're sweet how they are. Oh, I, I like them, too. Yeah. I'm just saying... It's the one change. Okay. But, but they have found a jersey, in my opinion, that absolutely works. And there have been a lot of their jerseys that, that have been, A, criticized, and, B, I just don't think that they work. They have finally found something that I think absolutely works. Keep it. Design a home one. Move on. Okay. Third statement for me here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get a little personal here. Yeah. I'm curious to hear this one. My statement is, if you're going to have deep conversations about life, do not mix in five tequila shots. So. You should have called me to ask this question because I could have saved you this pain. So, on Friday, uh, I went and swung, swung some golf clubs. Went and, went, and, uh, went and played some golf. Played a little, little top golf with some friends. Yeah, very exciting. Then I uh, came back to my place, went to a local establishment, and me and my friends started getting into some deep life conversations. And then, lo and behold, start talking about some dead parents, start talking about breakups, start talking about some heavier stuff. And then, all of a sudden, five tequila shots later, I don't remember leaving said establishment. My keys were underneath my fridge. My cell phone was in the bathroom. I woke up fully clothed. Thank God. Not for the TMI, but I woke up fully clothed. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I experienced one of the worst hangovers of my entire life on Saturday. Why did you do this to yourself? And and you are know. the guy who endorses Corona hard seltzer, and I lo- which yes. is what you should that's be. That's what I should have. But that's to. what you should be drinking. That's what I Corona just hard seltzer is good for a variety of reasons, including you wouldn't have this story to tell. You would remember Friday night. I would. I would have had. In I, fact, that should be the slogan. Remember Friday night. Drink Corona Hard Colon, Seltzer. Drink Corona Hard yes, Seltzer. Yes, because you'll remember Friday I, I, night. Corona Hard Seltzer's never let me down like uh, like the tequila did. Why did and you do this to yourself? I don't know. You know, I, I, Well, what happened was... You're almost too old to... I was with two of my friends. It was and a they, college move. And, and it was a college move. That's it was a college to, this move. was totally a 19-year-old... De- I, I could have done this nine years ago. Oh, I've done I, stupid and things. I, and I probably would have woke up hurting, but not to the extent I did But you learned your lesson. Because you should have learned back then. I, I should have. I, I, I shockingly did not learn my lesson. But I, I, I think it was because... The two people I was with, they were kind of their roommates, and they were getting into it about about roommate dilemma. And I was the third wheel here, so I was kind of freaking out, and I didn't. I was uncomfortable. So what do you do when you're uncomfortable? I, I guess I'll just, I'll just start drinking more. And, well, sure, um, but you could have. You could have. It's not the drinks. 
Or, or it's not the amount of drinks, it's the drinks you chose. Correct. Like, if you don't do shots, you're probably okay. I probably would have been all right. And I had a couple beers. I was drinking a, I was drinking yeah. a couple of Corona Hard Seltzers, and I was drinking some beverages. But yeah. But then, um, nope, the five five tequila shots uh, put put me over. Who started and, the, uh, the shots? My friend Mary did. You see, you it got, was her fault. See, you got to put your foot down at that point and say, I don't do shots. She, she looked at me. That's, and, well, that's been my platform for years. I usually don't do them either. I usually don't do them. But she said, she said, James, and I don't do, I don't do Irish whiskey. I just don't do Irish whiskey. I said my done. Irish bread. I, I don't do. I, I like sure. bourbon, but I don't do Irish whiskey. Yep. And uh, I chose the wrong, the wrong person to mix it with. And and then five tequila shots later, oof. You gotta look at her and say, Mary, I don't do shots. Next time, I don't do I'll, shots. I'll let her anymore. know. I'll let her know. If you want to do rough. shots, that's a you thing. Yes. So that's my statement. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. I, I'm glad you made and, it. I'm and, glad you're here. And, and by by about Sunday at two o'clock, I was back to full strength. But it was about a about a 36 hour recovery. It was rough. Wait till you're my age. Yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got back. Wait till you're my age. That's what I got back. My next statement. <laughs> Transition. The NBA playing an All Star game was the most unnecessary thing done by a sports league during the pandemic, and I know it brings in revenue. Of some sort, I know T- TNT loves the fact that they could combine it with what a halftime slam dunk contest, and I think it was a pregame skills competition. I know all of this, okay? But it was the single of all of the stuff done, pandemic in sports, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That I wouldn't have done that, or or you know, you work your hardest to play the games. Think about this during a pandemic when the schedules again are condensed. Right? They're condensed. You're playing a lot. Your star players are tired. If you can get them a rest, give them a rest. You drag them all to Atlanta to play in an exhibition game. It is the single most unnecessary pandemic-related thing done. It really is. The selfishness with, I mean, and it's it's LeBron. Like, it's veteran players who, need, who, who if they're not going to be playing for the Lakers, should be off. Like, if you want to give them a couple days off, that's cool. But you went and played an exhibition game. Yeah, I did not understand that. Like, you give me something. Baseball's goofed up, right? Yes. I can't think of a pandemic thing that they've done that's been that selfish and and short-sighted. Because I know know it makes money. But hockey, they're not playing an all-star game. No. Thank, you know. Thank God. The NFL, cancel the Pro Bowl. Name the teams. And if you want to name all-star teams, knock yourself out. But the NFL canceled the Pro Bowl. Uh, the NFL, the greediest, most nastiest league. I mean, they don't care they don't about care. people at oh, all. Of course they don't. Your well-being is not of their concern. <laughs> and they canceled their all-star game. Yeah. You name me another league that and, – and look, I would say this. In fairness, I think the NBA might be the best run league. Yeah. Put – Football's got the most income, and I get I get it that they're the golden goose. But the NBA might be the most well-run league. But this, I was I flipped by that thing. I watched a little bit last night, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me! Yeah, it was bad. In man. a pandemic, you've dragged these poor people to Atlanta, stuck them on a court with virtual, you know, virtual fan. We got fans on the TV all around the court. Oh my god! Yeah, it's pretty bad. You got one more? I got I got one more for you. Because uh, I did watch a little spring training baseball yesterday for the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I watched that game too. And uh, my statement is, the rain has come again. <laughs> and that meaning, not because there was uh, precipitation no, per it, se. it's the hair. Uh, Josh Donaldson, <laughs> yeah, baby, 
making some nice plays at, at, at third base, hitting a three-run bomb across, what, to left center field, an absolute dart. It was like 400-plus yep, feet. left center field. And the rain has come again. And, yes, Josh Donaldson's health is the more thing to watch than him just hitting bombs and making defensive plays because we know we know he can do that. He's, he's a, he was won an MVP award. He's been friendly, one of the best third basemen in baseball the last six years. But the rain has come again. I hope this guy stays healthy. Yes, he did dye his hair, which I, I don't What really, is it? Platinum? It's like Is that how it's described? Is that a platinum? It's like that bleach hockey blonde that the state tournament kids do. And I kind of, I don't like it. It's feels, he it's, said he did it himself, I believe, too. Yeah, and he said that he couldn't do it before because he didn't get the kit yeah. that he had to have to do it. It feels very 2014-ish. Very, uh, I would even or like, before that. I would say, like but it doesn't feel very 2021 ish. Yeah, I don't get Does it. Does it? You know what? And and if they got their own thing going on in that clubhouse, I trust them. If that's their bonding thing, I get it. Um, you know, Rocco's Mister No Disturbance in the Kitchen. He's basically a guy out of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> what's the disturbance? It's him. That Larry is Rocco. What's the disturbance in the kitchen? Whoever came up with that skit from the and if you don't know what I'm talking about, people, YouTube, Disturbance in the Kitchen, Curb Your Enthusiasm. That and then Rocco. tell me that's not Rocco that, Baldelli. That is Rocco. It's Rocco Baldelli to AT. That's a great one because he's because totally, he's totally calm. Yeah. Like he doesn't get bent I, out I of shape. I believe the tie is self evident of what it is. He won't give you a straight answer. He's no. going to talk in circles. So yes, the rain has come again. Josh Donaldson with another bomb. I'm excited. I I'm I'm trying to get excited for baseball, Judd. You know I've been teetering. I've been teetering because of the lack of playoff success. And just maybe being locked in most of the you'll winter. Be, you'll be in once opening day hits. It will. I might go down to Milwaukee, actually. I might go down for the for the Saturday-Sunday games. Because really? they play Thursday. They're off Friday. They always, you know, they always do the gap between opening day. Can we day. talk about that? Why is there a worked-in off day yeah, I don't really in a dome it. stadium? Yeah, and it, There's a roof on, <laughs> I don't know what the park is now, AmFam, yeah, AdFab. Yeah, they, they changed it. And there's a roof on the stadium. Why do you work in the day off? I'll have to, I'll, you know what? I'll tell my buddy Rami Makloff. I'll tell our buddy Rami Makloff. What the hell, man? Why? Why are we? But the whole off purpose. Rami loved the roof. Why? It assured baseball, right? Yeah. Why do you have? And and I get that most teams, if you play in outdoor parks, the Friday after opening day or the day after opening day, they have a scheduled day off mm-hmm. because if they have to call the opening day game, it can be easily transitioned then to that day. Completely get that, okay? But you play. Indoors, Rami loves the fact that baseball is played in airport hangars because it means you're going to have a game. And it is the one good thing. But you've worked in a day off for teams that can't be rained out. Yes, it's it's somebody it's, has it's to baffling. explain this. And I like Miller Park, by the way. I, I know it, it, it's got, I do too. It, it's an, tru- I know it looks in like truthfulness. I, I it looks like well. Terminal Two here at MSP. That's fine. Well, you it's know? a terrible. I don't like it from the outside, but it's a great place inside. inside. I like it. It's a great place. But yes, the rain has come again. That was my uh, my final statement. Yeah, here's my question about the rain. What is our confidence that Donaldson? What's our confidence of how they're going to use him? And I think I think with their whole lifestyle choice of rest and recovery that they will try to be smart. So I don't think that they're going to try and abuse him out of the gate. But what's our confidence, though, when you have a chronic calf problem mm-hmm. that he can stay out there? And I don't know. So here's my worry about him. I don't know that not playing him can make this work. Like, I think it's sort of just luck, too, right? It's sort of just luck. But when he talked two or three weeks back about altering his 
running style, okay? Yeah. That really worries you. No, that's... Because I don't think you can think that through, and I'm not blaming him, but I don't think that out of the box, like, what are you going to say? I'm going to jog or I'm going to do this? And it seems to me like if you're paying a ton of attention to a chronic problem like that, that you're actually inviting things to go wrong because you're so concerned about... Anyway, um... It's weird. I'm not quite sure what I think about this, and I'm not quite sure, because if you do look up his games played in Atlanta, which would have been 2019, he played a ton. But before that, in the year that he was with Toronto and was hampered with injury problems and then got traded to Cleveland, he was out a lot too. And so I just, I don't know where I land on the plan for him as far as is this feasible or is this just sort of a knock on wood, the season is starting Hopefully he can stay healthy because if he can, makes a huge difference. If he can't, now Arise is probably playing a lot of third base, and now you go from Donaldson, who can be an absolute stud when healthy, to a nice player. But then who's the who is the um, super utility Marwin Gonzalez, Luis Arise guy? If Arise is stuck at third base, a lot of questions there, Declan. Goss. A lot of questions. What do you got for me? <clears throat> a final thought on the. NBA All-Star Game, okay, which dovetails from my previous thought, which was that that game was the most unnecessary thing done by a sports league during the pandemic. The NBA playing an All-Star Game while Oprah interviewed Harry and Meghan made the decision to play even worse, but was completely deserved. I was delighted to see CBS smack them down by airing, airing, which, and my Twitter last night was aflame. With one thing, Oprah, okay? So there were definitely some people who probably would have dipped into and or watched the NBA All-Star game who I think said, screw it, and I don't blame them. It made me so happy. Because, again, the game was stupid, unnecessary, greedy. I loved the fact that CBS unleashed a can of you-know-what and said, you know what, you can show that game we're going to show the royal family. I don't know why, but everybody cares about them, or lots of folks do, because the majority of my sports account or my Twitter account is clearly filled with sports fans, and they were decks all in on Oprah. So it was I enjoyed seeing the NBA take it probably in the shorts. They probably thought, oh man, that uh. Sunday night. NBA All-Star Game, great idea. Exploding barbed wire death match, yeah. Oprah. I mean, there was a lot happening on Sunday evening, man. I love, and by the way, there is no better, when when TV is good, it's Sunday night. It's by far, it's bar none. Wow. When, when TV is good. I never thought of that. It's Sunday night programming, all day. Never thought of that. Oh, last thing. Do we really need to do Hockey Day in America every season? Mm-hmm. Okay, we got Hockey Day in Canada. It's their sport. I believe they developed the whole Hockey Day concept, so they get it, okay? It's theirs. Then we got Hockey Day in Minnesota. Celebration of hockey here. Okay, it it can be a little trite, but that's cool. Whatever. But Hockey Day in America? Do we really think, and I love hockey, do we really think this country, and Pierre Maguire quoting chapter and verse of where every ranger and penguin who was from the States was from and who their youth coach was? Please, no more. Let's do a hockey day in America once every five years, okay? Okay. I can't take, and again, we're hockey guys. We are. I can't take any more hockey days. Yeah. 
It's I just don't need it, it. It's not necessary. Your sport's legit. We yeah. like your sport. I love your sport. I'll yeah. watch it all day long. I don't need your whole hockey day. It's a celebration of heaven. No. The Canadians developed this idea for hockey day. It's theirs. Let them have their day. Quit ripping <laughs> off the Canadians. That's all I got for you. You okay? You good? You need five tequila shots? You okay? No. No one. Just tell them next time I don't do shots. Though. Okay. Honest to God. All just right. tell them. I don't do shots. Okay. All right. We are uh, done. Mackie will be back in tow, we believe, tomorrow from Seattle. And, um, again, more on the Daniil Hunter unfolding, and I'm telling you, it's unfolding, situation that we're going to record on uh, Purple Daily. He is executive producer Declan. I am Judd. We will talk to you soon. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.